And hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. With me again, I have my I have Beth with me. Say hello to everybody. Hi, everybody. Thanks for and joining us. this time, us. we're not. Hey, it's actually good to have you back on and everything. I know Thank that we just got done doing. Me. Hey, you're welcome. We just got done doing Pretty in Pink. That was and fun. this time, we're actually not doing an 80s project or anything like that. We're actually doing something a little bit more. I'm going to have to say a lot more serious when it comes down to cervical cancer and things like that. But I just want to say this movie is very thought provoking. It's very thought out. I really have to say I am very pleased to be able to review this film and feel very blessed to be able to review it. And, you know, I think that this movie it needs to be told. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, you know, this movie is, of course, it's about... um. It follows the story of Nora, a bartender, and navigating the dirtier aspects of her job while suffering cervical bleeding and an acceptable dark past. Now, here's the thing. Whenever it first starts off, it's very graphic, but it's graphic for a reason. It's not just there for shock value, which is something that I really like because it actually describes the character. It describes who Nora is as a person and everything, too. And I definitely liked how it started out. Yeah, me too. And I think that... Um... It's you're right. It's very graphic. The entire movie is graphic, but it it is not in a way that is exploitive or anything like that. I think the graphic nature of it actually adds to the complexity of the film itself. I I found it very affecting. I watched it for the first time on Saturday. I've seen it several times since, and I actually haven't stopped thinking about it since I saw it the first time. Same here as well. I saw this movie. Matter of fact, five about five times I told you that I rewatched it over and over again. Yeah, it's one of those movies that just sticks with you, and it, it, it sticks did. with you for a reason mm -hmm. because it makes you think. And also, too, I'm not a woman. I I don't know what it's like to have cervical cancer. And also, too, seeing the blood bloodiness coming out of her uh, vagina and stuff like that does not even bother me. Blood does not bother me at all. It's a normal human thing. We all bleed. Yeah. So you know, I'm actually a guy who actually buys tampons and stuff like that. If if the, if I'm dating someone and they happen to have their cycle or whatever, I'm actually there to actually buy their tampons and stuff like that. So I have no problem with that. But, you know, when you're dealing with cervical cancer, you actually need to have a way to tell it. And they tell it in the most beautiful, well, not beautiful way, but they tell it in the yeah. most intelligent way yeah. of actually doing it. And I like how at first you're looking, well, she's looking through her phone, she's yeah, looking she's at the cervical cancer, she's looking at P PTSD, she's looking at the symptoms, and then also too, that tells us, okay, so therefore she's probably had this for a while and dealing with it for a while. Yeah. So I like that idea. Yeah, I did too. And I also thought one of the first things I saw the very first time I saw this was... I wonder if people are going to wonder why she had this. So she had a leap procedure, which is getting rid of pre-cancer cells. Um, and I thought, why are they, are people going to wonder why she's at work right after she had the surgery? And I think that adds even to the complexity of the movie because for anybody that's bartender, bartended or waitress, uh, which I did in college, you know that if you don't work, you don't get paid. So really it just starts out with this double-edged sword of her bleeding, but also having to work a shift, which is, already hard enough to probably deal with a bar, bar full of drunks, but on top of it, and you can see her physically suffering because she 
uh, on more than one occasion puts herself up against the bar and leads in and her head goes down and you just feel what is happening to her. You can see that she's having a very difficult time being at work. And you then you find out that it's not just because of the bleeding. It's also because she's really suffering with the PTSD and whatever other mental health issues she's trying to work through during this movie, this this time in her life. Agreed. You can definitely tell that she's trying to be the strong one and try not to let it be known that it's bothering her. But I could imagine someone that's going through cervical cancer, they don't want to sit at home either. Otherwise, that anxiety, that PTSD is just going to kick in even stronger. So to keep your mind occupied, to keep your mind busy is yeah. the key. And that's what I feel like Nora is doing. Not only is she trying to pay the bills, but she's also trying to keep at peace with her own mind and her own intuition and everything. And I like how, you know, she winds up covering it up. She winds up taking some, uh, she, she finds a tampon that's not big enough to actually handle what needs to be handled. So she gets a towel, puts it in between, uh, puts it in her underwear and everything, and then uh, tie and of course gets her um, shirt and ties a knot and then she walks out the bar and I like yeah. how the camera angle pan angles to the front of her to describe the level of this how of who she is she's a strong vibrant woman who's trying to survive the cervical cancer who actually just got the leap like I mentioned before with that uh, kind of surgery and then of course I liked how the boyfriend's talking to her at the bar and then yeah. As she's coming, it's like she's talking to us, the way that the camera yeah. actually pan angles into her. Yeah. It looks like she's actually talking to us and explaining what she's been through at the same time as talking to her boyfriend. And it's not like breaking the fourth wall. It's just like her just narrating and explaining things where she is in her life and while also talking to her uh, boyfriend. I thought that was really good. Yeah, I thought that was, I thought that worked really, really well. I, I liked, I liked that that back and forth with the boyfriend. And, and I also liked at the very end before he leaves, he leaves her that little bo bottle of, uh, I don't know, ibuprofen. And right. you, and that's, she smiled like that was so like, that was a really sweet, kind gesture from him. And it clearly made her happy. Exactly. Because at first you're thinking, okay, this guy's a douche because of the fact that he's making jokes at first. Yeah. So you're not sure where it's going. Yeah. But I agree. he's like, well, I'm not a woman, so I don't know. Da 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 da. Like, okay, so is this going to be your egotistical person that's just a douchebag at the bar? And then once you realize, hey, that's actually her boyfriend. And then after that, he goes, well, you know, your mom was a nurse, so therefore, I think that she could actually help me with this. You're supposed to be my doctor in a sense, just joking around. Yeah. Of course, there's this medicalize me, medicalize right. me. She said, <laughs> and it feels like a troll is underneath me and just bleeding out i'm like i just started laughing my butt off on that and then also yeah. too because i feel like i'm like this bleeding out and she gets, shows this big huge vodka bottle yeah the, uh, the, that was funny <laughs> because i don't think that's actually how much blood that's actually being poured out it's like do you think it's really this much but i right. i I like this tone though because he he clearly like knew what procedure she had. He's the one that said it, so that's kind of like you know even though she had it was on her phone too, and so he knew what it was. So he obviously did a little research, you know. To so you're you're right though. You're not sure exactly what's what's happening as far as like is he going to be a jerk or is this gonna is this guy okay? And then you realize it's actually her boyfriend. 
or exactly. or her lover, whatever. They don't really like give it a a name, but you can guess. Right. And also, too, another thing that I want to mention about this is the fact that, you know, during this whole entire process, you have other, I like how they actually give us other people in the bar, though, too, later on, yeah. gives us certain stories and certain elements that we have. But I like how the boyfriend walks out, like you mentioned before, with the ibuprofen, and gives her a little wink, and then walks out, he goes, well, I love you, I love you, too. He walks out, then it's Nora's story. It's now Nora's narrative on yeah. what's going on within the bar. Yeah. And I like I like that. It gives her enough screen time to be able to uh, tell us something about herself just in her movements and things like that. Um, yeah. I, but let's talk about this other character that comes in. He must be a regular that comes into the bar all the time. He's smoking uh, cigarettes. And, I, you know, you and I talked about this. I thought he was like a George Collin kind of uh, Corlin kind of character yeah. where he even looked like him, like you said. Yeah, and, he did. And, you know... I think that symbolizes the fact that she has cancer and smoking also happens to lead to cancer. So therefore that's like a slap in the face to her because she has cervical cancer while this other guy is smoking at the bar, even though they're not allowed to smoke. She's kind of joking with him in a sense though, because he's an elderly person. So therefore she's not going to give him enough, uh, give him a hard time. He's, she's just going to bust his balls a little bit. Yeah. But, you know, I liked how she, she said, you know, smoking in the bar hasn't happened since 1999. Because you weren't even born in 1999 to even know that. So I like <laughs> the little joking back and forth that they yeah. do. Yeah, I did too. And I thought, like, so I'm glad that I'm glad that you brought that up because I wasn't really sure why they put him in there. He, that was my least favorite moment in the film, just because there hasn't been smoking in a bar for so long. But it makes sense in that context. And I think they also say that he might have started smoking again recently. I wasn't. Uh, I think that's so, what they said. Yeah. So I think maybe that's why they, they did that. Like had him kind of light up and she says, no, you can't smoke in here. And, but you're right. I mean that, that, or like stop, she's stopping him from getting cancer, but she can't stop herself from right. getting cancer. It's an interesting, but when he, and when he walks up or when they show her, she again is standing up against the bar with her head down like you can see her physically suffering again and and that's kind of like a theme throughout this sort of physical suffering which is interesting because she's so beautiful and she she's got her makeup on her hair is done she looks really good and i think that that i, I i'm going to guess that the writer and the director may have even done that on purpose to say listen somebody might look really really beautiful but they may be really suffering on the inside from it could be mental health or it could be physical because she had both going on. And I and I love that about that. I think there's it's it's so complex, this story, that every time I've seen it, I found something else that I've loved. Same here, because you never know what somebody else is going through. You don't know unless you walk in their shoes and everything yeah, the person could be smiling on the outside, but on the inside, there's something that's just really bothering them. And that goes into the whole mental health issue and everything that you mentioned before. And I think that was actually laid the ground floor on what we're getting and actually know, and we actually know what we're getting. It's yeah. not a misidentification of what the movie's about or anything like that. We These filmmakers actually know what they're going for and they actually mm -hmm. go for it. Yeah. And then also too, I like how Nora uh, sees these other jocks at the bar. And that puts oh. a trigger. That I think that's that what moment. Triggers, yes, 
here's the thing. I think that's what triggers that PTSD moment that we talked about that what that we weren't yes. really sure yes. why it got there on that level, but we'll talk about that in a minute. But when you see these jocks, you're thinking, okay, they're just out there for a good time. But once the girl who's actually drunk off her butt and everything's in there, she's way too tipsy to even be in that bar. One more yeah. drink would have did her in anyways. Yeah. And no, and also too, it just shows the complex complex uh being a bartender and you're knowing that these guys are trying to take advantage of her of this woman and you can't do anything about it other than serve what you need to serve and that's it and it goes into the responsibility of a bartender and just trying to do your job at the same time you have these guys in there that's just in there just to get laid and that's it and or you think that's what they're there for right because we find out then obviously that that well i personally i think that that gal who was drunk she did such a great job i mean even mm-hmm. even her eyes were like rolling she <laughs> she really looked drunk she i did. mean it was it it, it frightened me personally because i was like what is going to happen next i don't know i don't know i don't know like you really don't know where it's going to go and then she's so worried about the guy with the curly hair and then he ends up kissing the other man so you can see her physical um you physically you can see her kind of almost go okay i don't have to worry about a date rape or anything which is what it looked like was going to happen right and i liked how they played off of that where it's like a little bit of a plot twist like okay so it's like okay i can calm myself down yes i'm hurting but i can calm myself down now that i know that they're not trying to take advantage of this woman or anything like that because clearly that person's not into that person like i thought he was and then they then of course that's when we go into the next scene in the bathroom and that's and that like you were saying that that whole scene with the drunk girl sort of triggers i don't know if it actually triggers it but it definitely something happens that she's re, re, reliving the in the next scene she's re, reliving that right because i'm thinking that she's picturing herself as that girl I, I and, think that that may have been, and if it wasn't happening in the, that scene, they actually show it could have happened prior to that. We don't know, but right. yes, there's something. Something happened that she's so concerned about this girl. We're all concerned the way that they film it. I mean, they very carefully shot this film. It was very carefully shot. Every single scene, every single person that they shot, I I, I thought they did a beautiful job of it. I think so too. And they have, they they definitely have a great film on their hands to get nominated. Yeah. You know, I'm hoping that the Oscars nominate, I'm hoping that it makes past the independent film festivals and it goes straight into the Oscars for drama. And because seriously, this could be a great two and a half hour movie just focused on Nora. Yeah. And the troubles and stuff like that, that she's facing. I agree. But you know, then, of course, like you said, we see the rape scene and stuff like that. And at first, we were kind of confused with the fact that, okay, is that her boyfriend that's doing that, doing the raping and, st- and stuff like that in her mind? And her anxiety's playing tricks on her. So it goes back and forth between different elements of her life. And her and it just goes to show you anxiety can actually cause certain damages within your own self and cause you to see things that are not even there. Yeah, and I thought... I thought the way that they filmed the rape scene was also carefully constructed mm-hmm. because, you know, when you think of when you think of rape, you think of like the girl screaming for help. And she wasn't because of a number of things, probably because she was drunk for one, but she was clearly in in distress. 
when it's happening and it's a it's a pretty fairly graphic mm -hmm. scene um but i think i think the way they filmed it was was brilliant because it shows that it's maybe what we preconceive is what it is is not what it is right there's a there's a very gray area there where you that, know you can't consent and i think they did a really good job of showing that that's that's very true beth because here's the thing i watched the sopranos and season three of the sopranos something happens with Nelfi, where she winds up getting raped by the employee of the month. As a matter of fact, that's the name of the episode is employee of the month. And so it's very graphic on the way they, they show the rape scene. But with this one, I like how they don't go into the explicit side of it. And no. they just go into the whole entire thing of giving us certain side views of the scene with the camera angles. And of course, just showing the loose ends of uh, Beth's, uh, Nora's uh, dress. Yeah. And everything and just to indicate that there's a raping going on in that scene yeah. without having and, to show... and the sound like you can hear right. her i mean that's really what's i think that's really what makes it so gritty and and difficult to watch is you know you can hear her like she's very in very much in distress and you can see it in her eyes too and that's it's so it's so troublesome it's it's it very troubling is. and and then they like show her face a couple of times and it's just it's it's heartbreaking it really is it really is see her and matter of fact even when she having she's having the spray bottle because remember her boyfriend said yeah i didn't quite make it into the building for happy hour to be able to disinfect anything or clean anything up so therefore now she has to disinfect stuff and with the spray bottle she's seeing herself against this wall being yeah. raped and she's yeah. horrified. It's like she's having a night terror in her mind and she's froze up to where she can't do anything. Yeah, because it's in her mind. She's really seeing that that scene. And we don't know how long. We don't know how much prior to it. It could have been a week. It could have been a year. It doesn't matter. I don't think it matters. I think what matters is that she's now reliving it because her trauma is right there in front of her. And she's seeing what happened again. And then afterwards, of course, after he leaves um you see the bruises like she has bruises and on her neck and there's a big bruise right here it's 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 just it's heartbreaking it's it's really one of it just really affected me in such a way that i like i said i'm still thinking about it all these days later it, it's just it's it's a movie that even though it's it's not a long film, I think it, it's 12, 11 or 12 minutes. Um, About 10 to 12 minutes, I think. Somewhere yeah, I think, it's, I think it's one of the films that stayed with me more than almost anything I've ever seen, really. I just really couldn't, I couldn't believe how affecting it was. To be honest with you, it actually stuck with me, though, too. Just the thought process of someone going through the cancer, PTSD, Getting, being raped and everything. And I like a movie that actually sticks with you because it yeah. makes you think about things yeah. that would do in a certain uh, certain element if you were that character. Yeah. And I think that if, if I watched it another five or 10 times, I might find something different every single time. And I think, I think that that's what is really important in a film is that it, like if it stays with you for whatever reason it does, like I said, like we both said, this is, it's very graphic. It's very gritty. It's, it's honest in its storytelling and it's so complex and so much is happening for her. I mean, she's just really living in such trauma in that day that she's living. 
Definitely. And you can definitely tell she's in pain, not only physical pain, but emotionally. Uh, everything's all wrapped into one thing to the point where she's about to bust. Yeah. Yeah. You think about it like with her anxiety, with her PTSD, with her uh, cervical cancer, with not being able to know if this surgery is going to work or not. Just the amount of anxiety and stuff like that is enough to actually put you through the ringer. Exactly. And then you're, and then there's, there's, a, you know, the, I think there were two scenes where she's, you know, you can see that she's bled on herself in the bathroom in that one she's just sitting in the bathroom like completely i mean both of them but the second one was the one that really got me where she put the towel in her underpants yep. but she's sitting there and she's literally st stuck there because she's like what are you going to do her purse she doesn't have what she needs and she you know what i mean so she's just sitting there and really just stuck right. and i wonder if that's a statement on how she feels about her whole life if, if they, they did that to hmm. kind of say that. I mean, I don't know. That just came to That's me. That's actually an interesting layers. thought, though, to be honest with you, Beth, because I didn't think about that either, to be honest with you. That's a good yeah. call on your end to think, okay, I'm stuck in this rut. Here I am stuck on this toilet facing with my problems with this cancer that's that's inside of me that I can't really do anything about until I have the surgery. But it's like, damn, if I do it, damn, if I don't, I'm stuck in this yeah. rut. What am I going to do? Yeah. I mean, it is. I, I don't know if that was intentional or not, but if it if it wasn't, either way, either way, it was it was a like pretty brilliant point, moment. Though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's just really it's an interesting idea because really she is stuck. She's stuck in that moment, that that day that she's having. She's really stuck in it, and it's it's like, how are you going to get out of it? You know, how do you? And then, and of course, when it ends and she walks outside, it's light out. It's like this beautiful day and she's bleeding through her jeans. Exactly. And it's like, well, shit. <laughs> you <know>? Yeah. Girl, <laughs> you've had a day. <laughs> right. It's like now that I, it's like, thank God my night is over with. I work my shift. This night is over with. I can go home. And then as soon as she locks up, it's like, well, damn. Yeah. <laughs> And she's just kind of against the the door of the bar. Right. And it's just like, oh. And then you got to do it all again tomorrow. Exactly. But still, all in all, this film is very complex. This movie is not meant to be funny. This movie is captivating. It's smart. It knows what it is. It knows its target audience. And I'm actually just grateful enough that the creators actually were able to go on ahead and reach out to me and matter of fact the name uh, the person that reached out to me was named her name is emily lair and she's actually the director of this film and you know i'm just pleased and thankful enough to be a part of this holly schwartz film festival that's going all the way up until Sat saturday on yeah. october 3rd yeah and i'm just i'm just um thrilled to be able to see this film yeah, I think if I were to say anything about this film, I would say affecting, gritty, but I also think it's incredibly smart. I think it's yeah. so well made. It feels very personal. Like, to me as a woman, it felt very personal. I thought the acting was very, it felt very authentic. I, I really, really liked it, but not in a way that it was like not in the same way that you know you love other films because it's so heavy but it it just 
it's it'll stay with you if you see it it will stay with you you will not forget it for a long time and i think that's its intent definitely that's its intent is to make us think and also to to tell us a story that is serious and something that's dealing with cancer that nobody really touched touched on mm -mm. at no. all and it's i'm just going to say this movie's ballsy yeah it is it's very ballsy to give us this movie in a 2021 environment and to be mm -hmm. able to watch this movie from Nora's perspective and to be able to be, be able to tell a, a good fleshed out story in like 10 minutes. Yeah. And we actually care. And it gives us motivations to care about that character. Yep. And that's what it did. So the movie did its job at making us feel a certain connection with Nora to make us think about things throughout the week. And matter of fact, I watched the movie like five times. Yeah. already just to get everything down that i needed to get down not only that but even after watching this it still made it still stuck with me and that's great and i know it stuck with you too so that's yeah. even better so you know yeah yeah i mean i just don't think you can ask much more from a movie and and i think it's really daring in that it's telling a story in a way that i've never seen a story told before and it it's telling a story about that I think a lot of women can relate to in so many ways, not just because she's a woman, because she's a bartender, because she has pre-cancer, because she's been raped. I mean, it, it's all of those things, but somebody will find something to feel connected to her, I think. I think so too. I think they'll find something to connect with, someone that's trying to be the strong one, but at the same time, you know, when you're locked in your own house, when you're by yourself, that's when you're your true self. And yes. therefore, all the stuff that you were feel, making yourself feel like you're invincible comes pouring out of you. I agree. Yes. So Absolutely. I think people can actually connect on that kind of level, though, too. I agree. I think I think a lot of people will connect with this. I hope people connect with it because okay. I did. I did, I did in, a, in a way that I didn't expect because I really I mean, I read the description and then I saw it and I was like, just absolutely from the minute it started i just couldn't i i didn't want to stop watching it i wanted to know what was going to happen next the tension is really good throughout the storytelling is so good it's it just really tells a beautiful sad story of this woman who's just having a shit day you know and it, but is. it's but it's it's a, in a way that like she's almost like a lot of women but it's but it's very complex. So yep. you know, people might find find the connection to one piece of that. Most definitely. And I, I want to point out one last thing: is this there was no background music to let us know of anything that's going to be coming next or anything like that. I like movies that do that. That doesn't give away anything. And this nope. movie does that. It doesn't give away anything. It actually holds us holds our attention as a and in fact it's kind of a slow pace but once that slow that slow tension is there it gets released yeah and I love it I love how it, they actually released the ending and everything it's just perfect yeah and they didn't they didn't waste any there was there was no wasted time in this film no like there wasn't a minute where you're like oh that sh that could be cut and I really and I thought that was good they 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 made every minute of that film count. And I, and I really appreciated that as well. Me too. Me too as well. So I think that's everything that I wanted to touch on 
and everything. I know this is only a 10 minute film, but this had so much meat for us to actually oh, yeah. go on. Mm-hmm. It was just perfect. Um, but my question is this, Beth, where can everybody follow you at if they want to follow you and all that other good stuff? I am at the Made for TV Movie Club podcast where we review TV movies from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. You can find us on Twitter at TV Movie Club Pod 1. We're on Instagram at Made underscore 4 underscore TV underscore Movie underscore Club. On Facebook, we're at the Made for TV Movie Club podcast. And we're on, we're on I think, all of the podcast forms formats now, Stitcher, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Anchor, and if you give a give our hashtag a goog, we're hashtag MFTVMC podcast. Okay. And guys, you guys can go always go on ahead and follow me underneath Movie Lovers TV Lovers Night on Facebook, underneath the same brand name on Instagram and on Pinterest as well. Another thing, too, I want to mention is this. I, I talked about good pods a lot lately. So the number one thing we um, that we ask for people is to use good pods as their player. And to go to search and people and share good pods on the app and invite their friends and fans to follow them and use good pods on their as their player. So go on ahead, follow good pods, do all that other stuff. Good pods is a great app if you're into podcasting or if you're a podcaster yourself and stuff like that. Go ahead, check out that. And also to donate maybe five to ten dollars towards the cause for the people that lost their homes during Hurricane Ida. All the proceeds go over to uh, over to the Red Cross. And get yourself a Cincy that way. The link is in the, in the description below. Another thing, too, is if you guys want to go on ahead and donate to my page, all you have to do is go to gofundme.com forward slash movie lovers podcast, donate to five ten dollars over there. But you can also help me out another way. You guys can go ahead, smash that like button, smash that share button, smash that subscribe button, also too, smash that little bell on the very bottom of the right hand corner to allow you guys to know when we do are doing some new shows. Another thing too is you guys can get an audio only podcast on all major platforms that that's out there right now. And then of course you can follow me underneath Movie Lovers Unit on Twitter and of course on TikTok at Movie Lovers Unit 001. And then you can also reach out to me at movieloversunite at gmail.com if you're a sponsor or you would like to be on the show. That's another way that you can actually reach out to me. And that's going to be it for our show for tonight. I do want to thank you, Beth, once again, to be able to review a movie with me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, John. I really enjoyed this one. This, I mean, I always enjoy being on the show, but I really enjoyed this one. You're very and I welcome. really appreciate you inviting me to join you for this. It, it, was, it was really good. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. And I, I do appreciate you taking the time out of your night to be able to review this movie. And I'm glad that you enjoyed it just as much as I enjoyed it. And always until next time, guys, it's been real. It's been fun. I hope everybody has a great and safe night. And bye-bye. Bye, everybody.